तो लेटस जस्ट स्टार्ट अ पॉडकास्ट द फर्स्ट क्वेश्चन दैट वी यूजुअली आस्क लाइक व्हाट इज व्हाट वाज योर जर्नी लाइक फ्रॉम वेयर यू स्टार्टेड एंड हाउ यू रीच्ड वेयर यू आर राइट नाउ इफ यू कैन जस्ट एक्सप्लेन द प्रोसेस uh okay so i completed my bachelor back in 16 then i started my masters in computer science and mathematics from iit patna mm-hmm. there i majorly worked on natural language processing uh where focus work on taking out the hatred speech from various different social platform there are a couple of more projects that i have done like natural uh, machine translation question answering voice boards and those projects i have done during my masters while doing my master i was also an intern or research or full time research fellowship in netap r&d mm-hmm. and my major work there was working on computer vision algorithms then uh, while i am about to finish my internship i got a call from nvidia and they reached out to me via linkedin and then uh, like the interview happened it was more or less initial was telephonic round then they have taken a zoom round and some of coding rounds not very depth wise that time i was hired as a deep learning engineer and then i switched to data scientist and later on become senior data scientist okay so uh, can you just briefly explain what was your interview process like how many rounds and what were the key questions that they asked from you Uh, so the first interview round was more like a screening where the hiring manager understood like what exactly you have done till now how many projects you have done what are the projects what are the use cases case studies you have done with that uh has it been deployed somewhere or it was just a code research and how what is your understanding with the gpu because see nvidia is a company that uh, produce like the world best server Okay. so it makes sense that you just not understand the ai ml but you are someone who also understand the programming and the gp uh, cuda programming mm-hmm. so that was the understanding that first happened by the hiring manager on telephone then second round happened on a zoom link and that was more in depth of like what project i did how what are the neural network that i choose why i went with the neural network what was the goal of the a project uh, how i estimated that what was the matrices and all those so it was more like a basic deep learning plus going into depth of the projects that mm-hmm. i have done including my internship and in masters mm-hmm. third round was more on understanding do i understand the problem statement like okay i've done my research but do i have the capability to understand or articulate a problem statement that is required by a business and then articulate it list down and list on the requirement that is needed to develop that do i have that capability so that was the third round that happened and there was a short presentation happened because sometime uh, this roles required to interact with the people give a talk so there was a short presentation on what happened where i have to present like uh, about my research mostly what exactly i have done I think these are the only rounds that I have gone through mm-hmm. uh, in Nvidia. Okay, so can you just share some resume tips uh, for audience? Like, how did your resume look like, and something that you would like to share with the audience? Yes. So, uh, 
couple of things like uh, right now people just run away do a lot of certification and add all the certification in their resume so make your resume very clean do not extend it more than 3 pages 3 pages is i think more than enough like 2 uh, years back also my resume looks like 2 pages now also it looks like 3 pages mm-hmm. and do not add like all the uh, courses that you have done or you have gone through right mm-hmm. let's suppose you are someone from masters from iitm or maybe a tier 2 college if you have done a course that justify that you have taken that course now if you have something to write about using that course you have done some project or is there anything that you can demonstrate or talk about your finding that would be more relevant in your resume rather than just listing down the certificates so make your resume uh, small very crisp not more than 3 pages write about your the uh, educations what you have done till now take a sequence like higher education that you might want to do your bachelor's and then later on and like do not add certificates write your technical skills and mm-hmm. if you have done any project using that certificate let's say i have done a course in coursera of deep learning uh don't write that if you have done any project or if you have made even a small research contribution or if you have gone through papers and have your own finding add that uh, rather than adding those so uh, list of certificates that you have mm-hmm. important thing add your links your useful links if you have some blog or uh, that talks about you add that link add your github links add, add your gitlab link or if you have like hackathon if you have done hackathon or if you have hacker at good uh, ranks then add those links uh, so that could be very useful for the interviewer to understand what is your capability what is your understanding and how much you have done so yeah mm-hmm. these are some tips that i would recommend okay so uh, shall we go back uh, to the starting and uh, like when did yeah so when did you discover your interest in ai like uh, let me elaborate nowadays like uh, when i was in my uh, engineering college most of the people uh, started running behind uh, machine learning and artificial inte- intelligence because it was a fad it was a, like a buzzword in the market and most of the coaching institutes came up with uh, different courses in machine learning and artificial intelligence so most of the people are running behind ai because of the fact that they think it is uh, like it pays you good uh, rather than uh, getting a proper interest in that field so right how was your interest started in Uh, AI, basically. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think you should not run behind AI because just because mar- it has the market. Mm-hmm. See, if you have some skill in any or uh, technology, you will get the job. It's not that because of AI there is no role in engineering or SD. That role will always be there. So, uh, when I was doing my bachelor, I have not taken any course of AI. Uh, I had one uh, course work NLP, natural language processing, and one course was AI. That was in my final year. Uh, I have taken the course. I'm not like very much interested or aligned at that time. But uh, I have done like uh, two months of internship somewhere, and I have seen like uh, what what could be done with that. So I got job in my bachelor, but uh, I thought that I wanted to learn this. and that's how i decided to uh i decided to go back and do mtech rather than taking job 
and while doing my masters i have started working in nlp but at that time also i was not very sure like or uh, like i am more inclined towards nlp or i am more inclined towards computer vision i am more inclined towards vertical like healthcare domain or what domain i was like more inclined towards so i was in a phase where i was trying to uh, explore as much as i can do and i was trying to take the courses because in my masters i did the course a lot of courses and this is the reason that i choose a different domain for my internship and a different domain for my uh, master thesis so i did like master thesis in natural language processing as a speech mm-hmm. while uh, my internship was completely focused on computer vision mm-hmm. and uh, like during masters also like i have not exactly realized what i wanted to do but i realized that this is something interesting and with that reason i joined and as i grew up in the company i realized what exactly i like more to do like i'm more interested to make to solve a problem end to end and i'm more aligned like uh, playing with the neural network itself playing with the algorithm itself and uh, it could be in any domain it could be healthcare it could be speech so now it's not um, for me the making the uh, neural networks more and more sufficient or efficient at the same time that model that you are uh, making is not just for research so it should be deployed very efficiently in the market mm-hmm. so that's what i realized that uh, this is what that i like more and i think uh, one should uh, go through this phase where uh, people first take understand whether they are liking it or not liking they want to continue with that or want to explore something else and uh, one more thing just like if you are a btech and you are first year i think it's better that you understand mathematics completely in depth otherwise what would happen that you will jump in the race you will uh, take some github from here and there mm-hmm. and you might end up uh, learning like how to run this but you will not understand conceptually what is the mathematics was behind that or you will not understand what are the intuition so mm-hmm. take some time that is uh, something which is needed Mm-hmm. so uh, the next thing would be like uh, what are the characteristics that you think uh, help you uh, characteristics as in like for example if uh, someone is in tier 2 or tier 3 colleges so what okay. exactly they should focus on uh, just to get into like uh, uh, companies like nvidia or maybe intel or maybe yeah these uh, big companies that uh, uh, focuses on ai so some characteristics that like is it hard work or is it luck or is it like looking after like a uh, job opening so something like that uh okay so uh i, I would uh, rearticulate your question so your question is more like what one should do to get these jobs right or mm-hmm. uh, if a person is tier 1 tier 2 or tier 3 mm-hmm. okay so the first suggestion i would have do not run behind the tag of the company Mm-hmm. like if it is nvidia if it is microsoft if it is google mm-hmm. each company will have set of profiles mm-hmm. now you have to understand what profile suits you do you understand uh, do you enjoy more talking to someone outside your organization handling the clients mm-hmm. and doing some nl ai there or you are someone who like enjoys a daily basis writing code making the product mm-hmm. which category you fit in for that company 
so uh, it's not required you to be very hard to get into nvidia but what role you are going to target in that organization mm-hmm. that would depend so uh, i think rather than running behind a, uh, i should go with nvidia or i need microsoft to qualify or google mm-hmm. i would say first understand what exactly you like and then work around that at the same time you also see these profiles like if it is nvidia nvidia does multiple tasks so as you said nvidia is one of the company that is one of the recognized company in ai but it has still have like 50% or more than that engineers or developers or uh computer scientists in hardware interface mm-hmm. so right so it's not just the ai that is available people who are studying electronics uh would be very good suited hardware engineer for nvidia or any technology company let's say amd or intel mm-hmm. so choose the profile that you want to work in then see like whether nvidia does that profile or let's say you are someone who wants to build a recommendation system or mm-hmm. uh, then you might look some companies which works in e-commerce mm-hmm. then you should think of amazon or flipkart or netflix so uh, see what that company does does the, your interest align to that company if you have work for that do some projects along uh, for that particular uh, projects also like if it is nvidia then you should do this projects with gpus as well as cpus so you should have understanding of system develop programming little bit as well uh if let's say if you are working on recommendation and you really enjoy that then you might want to join something like flipkart swiggy mm-hmm. then read about that company as well like what kind of work they have done in past what is their research journey what is their success story so read those stories as well but at the same time uh do those projects if you are very intended intended to join that company but Mm-hmm. do not feel disappointed because you do not get nvidia mm-hmm. uh even if it's a small company or even if it's a startup and you got a role that you wanted to do and you have a very good work culture i think you should go with that uh but like uh, like as a question if someone has to from tier 1 tier 2 i think it's not uh right now very much a difference whether you are from tier 1 tier 2 mm-hmm. tier 3 mm-hmm. you just have to consider like uh there are four years that you have in your hand mm-hmm. how will you utilize that hand and there are plenty of resources on net that will guide you to read those mm-hmm. i would say do not rush and go and take like courses which cost you a lot because mm-hmm. there are plenty of free resources that you should consider first mm-hmm. make yourself better day by day by understanding that and you can qualify it it's not like mm-hmm. something out of the box mm-hmm. so like uh, just to summarize your answer it is like uh, you should uh, sort the companies on the basis of your interest and not by the name right right mm-hmm. so like because coming to because you are not going mm-hmm. to uh, yeah yeah go ahead go ahead okay so uh, the next thing would be like uh, we should come to nvidia and uh, like what is your focus of research in at nvidia Uh, so nvidia when i started uh, for one year i focused more on computer vision algorithms mm-hmm. uh, so i continued the work that i did my internship the difference here is that that those algorithms should go production also so it's not just an academia research plus the algorithm that i was working on 
should handle the scenario which happens in real world and align to indian scenarios uh, uh, i i would just say that if you see some of the examples uh, there are a lot of computer vision algorithms but these data set are not aligned with indian scenarios mm-hmm. what what do you want to do that do you want to go and randomly just collect the data mm-hmm. in huge amount you want to go and annotate the data so my research is like how can i utilize something that was built for the data which is not aligned with the scenarios and how can i take it for the production so how can i make the network efficient for the data that uh we don't have repository or i would say very small how would you do that so in order to that there are multiple algorithms of computer vision uh, which involves like intelligent video analytics tracking detection and that also include some hyperspectral images so i worked in that like for 8 9 months mm-hmm. and later on uh, i worked more on recommendation engine and conversational ai and my research was around more on uh, active learning i'm not sure like how many are aware but it's more like how can you reduce the amount of annotated data that you need and uh, i i'm also much interested in meta learning approach and multi model so these are my focused areas mm-hmm. i started exploring reinforcement learning as well mm-hmm. okay. so yeah okay so like uh, you were a researcher at nvidia so can you just list some basic differences between a core uh, data scientist data scientist researcher and a normal a generic data scientist okay uh I think I'll rephrase this question because there is no no thing like data scientist research. Okay, okay. it so might be deep learning research, research right? Right. So there are mm-hmm. two category of research that generally happens: one in theory research, mm-hmm. another in applied research. Mm-hmm. Uh, any e-commerce company will have no requirement to do theory research, mm-hmm. so you will not have core research team, and it makes no sense for them to do. so there would uh, now you will have to shortlist in applied research and theory research that is something will have in nvidia because it's a technology group mm-hmm. now the core research that you see is not like uh, has goal of 2 months or 1 year it could extend like 2 years 3 years because you are trying to bring something quite new it's like mm-hmm. a innovation that you are thinking and it's more of theoretical approach mm-hmm. now when you have applied research here you can see there are set of roles there are set of people who act as a machine learning scientist mm-hmm. then there are people like data scientist then there are people like data analytics then there are people like uh, machine learning engineers now mm-hmm. these roles have very uh, minor differences mm-hmm. and you have to understand it before you go uh, and apply so a machine learning scientist would be someone who would be more aligned towards developing an algorithm mm-hmm. he may not have concerned of taking the responsibility of deployment mm-hmm. or understanding the data completely mm-hmm. a data scientist is someone you can understand a person who understand research at the same time he also understand engineering very well because mm-hmm. he have to see the data he have to analyze the real world data you have to make it pre-process to the engineering with the help of data analytics uh then you uh, the data will come and he will apply the existing uh maybe machine learning algorithm deep learning algorithm 
but like i said the data would be different for any e-commerce for any company or for any use case so in that process he has to come up with some modified or new algorithms and there is a responsibility of deployment Mm-hmm. So here, if you see, like the person who generally does data cleaning, pre-processing, mm-hmm. is someone called as data analytics. Then once you have the data, clean data, mm-hmm. uh, then working on that uh, and doing feature engineering and develop the algorithm and taking care of deployment, something like data scientist does. Mm-hmm. So data scientist and data scientist researcher are not different. So mm-hmm. data scientist is a combination of a researcher and an engineer, I would say. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you have machine learning research scientists also nowadays, mm-hmm. uh, which do not have very concerned of understanding the business articulation for the problem. Mm-hmm. But more or less, their roles are similar. Mm-hmm. So is it something like uh, a researcher will have more workload than a normal researcher? Like, for example, if someone is uh, good at maths or like uh, you mentioned in your previous answer that uh, there is a theory research right so if there is a researcher right. uh, will he have more workload from the company side or is it like same for every like mach- you said machine learning scientist uh, mm-hmm. so if you are a data scientist your work is like to deliver something in two months three months or maybe two weeks mm-hmm. so that way you have a very dedicated deadlines to achieve or complete the work mm-hmm. I would not say like it's always two weeks, sometimes two months that you mm-hmm. can take, you can understand the problem, sit with product manager, articulate it, and then you will work on that and uh, you will talk to data analytics and work. While the core research do not have that deadline because they don't have to just uh, tweak a model or maybe come up with a new network architecture. Mm-hmm. Their role is more than that. That is always involved a machine learning and core science work mm-hmm. when i say core science work is it could be molecular dynamics it could be thermal or it could be some core uh, science that will be involved and then he will come up with a new idea maybe you can understand someone who has first developed the deep learning algorithm so uh, core research is very few set of people and generally in any organization be it nvidia be it google mm-hmm. it's a set of professors that does core research work or set of PhDs mm-hmm. that does core research. They do not have that deadline, like very strict deadline like a data scientist have. Mm-hmm. They can extend their research work. They can complete it in two years, three years, and then sometimes more than 10 years. Mm-hmm. So if you are talking about in terms of pressure, mm-hmm. I think pressure is completely different kind of pressure. But mm-hmm. if it is like deadline and everything, a data scientist would have more uh, pressure in that too. Okay. So uh, the next question would be like, uh, can you just explain in uh, like a, a layman's language uh, to our audience, like how are uh, bots transforming the future? Okay, uh, I'll just give an example how it will actually transform. Uh, let's understand India where people do not speak English, people do not speak Hindi. I don't know how many mixed languages we speak. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think? What is the reach of these e-commerce companies? Uh, tier one cities. Mm-hmm. They start from tier one cities, then go to tier two cities, mm-hmm. but they still have problems. So, let's speak that if you search something like in your application, you type something and try to search. India still have a set of uh, like fifty, sixty percent of people who doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. 
who doesn't understand english and uh, they have their uh, regional languages as well and they would prefer to speak to search rather than type something because they may not educated to type something but they can always speak Mm-hmm. so if a person can speak and search and can buy something then it means the reach of that uh, product has gone to tier 3 level as well mm-hmm. so you can understand how technology can benefit or uh, can benefit to a set of people that has never got the exposure of what it is mm-hmm. this is just one example i would say Mm. not think about any crowd like uh, which happens uh, or understand a scenario where is a conference because when you work in a global uh, market or when you communicate with inter countries not every country are uh, very well versed uh, in english so india is a uh, example where most of the people do understand english mm-hmm. but if you go to japan if you go to korea or if you go to china they mm. prefer their own language and most of them do not speak mm-hmm. so if you try to communicate with a translator it's always a time taking thing that consume a lot of amount if that conversation can happen in real time with the help of a bot mm-hmm. then it saves the time you will feel more uh, involved in the conversation mm-hmm. and it will uh, reduce the pain that happens nowadays mm-hmm. and i'll take one more example think about uh, something like kumela or think about something like a tirupati uh, gathering mm-hmm. where not in if it is a tirupati gathering not just south indian people goes there it's a north indian people in the south indian also someone speaks kannada someone speaks telugu tamil and it becomes very hard for the organization to maintain everything because they are set of people who will mostly speak tamil so it's hard for them to communicate and uh, manage the crowd same happens in kumela now if you have a boat that can understand every language then it will not just make or it will not just help the organization but it will also help the people who are going to visit there because these people are not um, mostly like a set of people who will uh friendly speak english or will frick, uh, friendly speak hindi also mm-hmm. so you can understand how basically is changing some mm-hmm. application i'm not talking about like e-commerce platform mm-hmm. or or uh, maybe siri alexa because uh these are not like making a lot of impact but mm-hmm. think beyond that which is actually useful in your daily life mm-hmm. so yeah you definitely share some good insights because most of the generic audience here Uh, knows the bots uh, from the e-commerce side where they are used for marketing purposes or like uh, just you said like Siri and Alexa. So yeah, that was pretty good applications of bots. Like uh, now the next thing would be like uh, most of the audience think about Nvidia as a company that make graphic cards, right? Most of True. the people, yeah. So that uh, they will be uh, thinking about Nvidia that way only. So how do you think AI is impacting the way uh, user experiences there, like? whatever they may be like gaming or video watching maybe anything so basically uh, just to summarize my question how do you think ai is impacting uh, user experience uh, through graphic cards like for example uh, uh, i know of this like uh, since the rtx cards were launched that uh, they have dlss like deep learning super sampling where they scale up images right. like they take few uh, pixels of the images and use those few pixels to predict uh, outer pixels so 
that is one right. application that i really liked so i wanted to know more about from you regarding this so uh, as you said correctly a lot of people still say is that nvidia is a company who makes chips or semiconductors or something mm-hmm. but if you understand nvidia is not just a company who is actually uh, you know making the chips but currently nvidia became more like someone who tries to enable the ai world with the gpu or with the infrastructure that it has so i just to give you example nvidia does not only have like set of engineers who makes this hardware but we also have a lot of uh, software the ecosystem around that like for recommendation we do have a complete software stack that you can use perfectly on the infrastructure of gpus and it actually enables some some e-commerce company some uh, you know software vendors to develop their application on that so nvidia work more like a enabler to a lot of partner companies mm-hmm. and that way i would say like nvidia is in healthcare you would see in the application nvidia have like clara which helps you to do ai annotations ai assistant annotation very easily then nvidia has a tool for uh, like conversational ai similarly the stack the library we do have for user interface that you said and uh, currently when you mostly work uh, when you mostly are working like work from home mm-hmm. it it becomes very critical to have like very good user interface mm-hmm. and uh, with that user interface uh, uh, the hardware infrastructure that it has and the software ecosystem that nvidia brings in on top of that mm-hmm. with that you can see that what experience you as a person on daily basis conferences also achieve mm-hmm. and obviously nvidia is a company that gamers feel any way prefer mm-hmm. uh, like people use it it's not just a gaming but a lot of technology go- goes behind that like super resolution of images mm-hmm. then uh, rendering of the images Mm-hmm. so those things are not like only the chips or the semiconductor but it has like a set of technologies cuda programming and mm-hmm. whole ecosystem that goes around that mm-hmm. so it enables you to uh, get a better interface or get a better uh, ui if you are a program if you are a gamer or if you are mm-hmm. someone who is doing a lot of meetings nowadays because of work from home situation it uh, really makes the things different or uh, like if if you have ever seen this uh much if you have seen uh, experience the rendering on rtx machine mm-hmm. you can compare that with a normal laptop and you can visualize the differences that one experience mm-hmm. so yeah i would say nvidia is more like enable enabler in ai and mm-hmm. enabling all the possible domains maybe some of the domains you can see in india some of the domains currently not that visible mm-hmm. like auto world because uh, autonomous is not that very much uh, aligned thing in india mm-hmm. but you can see that impact in japan or korea mm-hmm. so that is how like nvidia plays a role mm-hmm. so uh, which area of ai interests you the most like which area of ai intrigues you the most like uh, there are many sub fields in ai most people uh, like think of ai as only a machine learning or a deep learning so is there any specific thing that intrigues you about ai uh, okay so i would say machine learning deep learning is a subset of ai itself mm-hmm. like deep learning is a subset of machine learning itself mm-hmm. 
so i'm not like uh, i see each problem as a different problem uh, let's say that i'm solving a problem of covid cases mm. where you have very less number of uh, images that has covid the x-ray images that you get while most of the x-ray ca- uh, images that you will get mostly will not have a uh, covid cases right Mm-hmm. so how will you solve this problem how will you and uh, because this is very critical problem that has to be solved uh very uh, real time so now this is the problem what you need to do is it possible always to get a huge amount of data or you should go behind that so i would understand the problem now to solve that problem what would be the best method should i blindly go with a neural network or deep learning approach or should i use machine learning approach first by understanding the data or should i go with something like reinforcement learning approach and try to save the uh in a compute or the uh, amount of annotation that you are going to do or the amount of data that you will require mm-hmm. what you want to do to solve that problem statement now whatever would be required if most of the time it would be a combination of machine learning deep learning approach and in deep learning also it could be semi supervised or reinforcement learning or convolution so i have to see and experiment with that now once you have the results is not necessary that just because it worked on the data that you have tested it is the right algorithm so you have to go through some uh, manual experts also who can like because it's healthcare so it's critical you cannot just go blindly and judge your network or maybe a combination of ml deal so i would say some model so you have to take uh, some feedback from man- human experts and based on that you might want to decide your framework so i think what like what intrigue me more or what is more interesting for me to solve that problem and whatever research would require to solve that problem that i like to do so this is how i uh, approach something so i i'm not uh, like very much into always computer vision or always nlp so it depends like uh, how much the problem statement is interesting and how i take that approach so i think uh, right now like i said more more of the work i do in conversational ai or recommendation mm-hmm. uh but healthcare is also something that interests me a lot and auto is also interest me a lot but auto or reinforcement is not something currently that uh, you will see in india maybe down the road after a year two year you will see those things all right all right so uh, like uh, can you just uh, tell our audience like what were the advancements in the like uh, previous 10 years and where we uh, will be in the next 10 years like what can we expect that's a very difficult question and that's a uh, trivial a uh, difficult question for me to answer uh, mm-hmm. okay i would uh, start with that like before 10 years Mm-hmm. if you have done just build a convolution network you might be great researcher mm-hmm. or you would have publication mm-hmm. and that's uh, that's the place where people are very uh, surprised or trying to understand like how these multilingual things will work they're exploring a lot and if you see those models are quite complex than today because of the innovation of cnn and all mm-hmm. 
things become simpler than uh, it was 10 years back those models are quite complicated it required work a lot of work done by manual interpretation so it was a time when people were exploring what could be done now we are at a stage where we have done decent amount of research and uh, we can implement it on uh, use cases deploy it from autonomous to simple uh, tracking or detection kind of problems and you have seen that people have started putting it into deployment so maybe i would say this way like the uh, phase was to explore that was 10 years before mm-hmm. i'm not saying that uh, later on the research would be less or something but more focus would be to take those and deployment right because uh, five years back if you see a data scientist it it was easier to get into data scientist if you are just understanding the architecture or a neural network or machine learning algorithms which is not the case of uh, which is not current case you cannot get into data scientist just because you understand machine learning or deep learning or ai it's required you to understand the engineering it requires you to have a software development skills as well and some time to extend to understand the business so it becomes little difficult now and you should have more just rather than having a knowledge of ai ml you should also have a very good uh, skill of software development right so uh, the profiles the requirement has changed a lot in last 5 years itself and like i said that there are a lot of new roles has come up which is around ml uh, so you can see uh, sometimes it's not very different so earlier also we used to have devops kind of roles right and now it's a difference is that you have ml ops kind of roles where you are a good developer having ml skills mm-hmm. so few things will never go mm-hmm. but how it has changed uh, while you are applying while the jobs in terms of jobs these are some changes and in terms of market like now i think for all the problems you don't need to go and do research from scratch because you have decent amounts of algorithm models to solve those now it's more on how you will implement that on particular case study and how you make it successful mm-hmm. obviously there would be some algo- uh, there would be some research involved and also like if you are someone who was applying you must have seen that the trend is that right now a lot of work has been happening in conversational ai yeah. so if you are someone who is reading that and with that interest you there is a high chance that you will get something like 4 year 5 years back it was a case with computer reasons and after 2 year 3 years you might see that if you are someone who actually worked in the enforcement kind of algorithm and autonomous you will have a great uh, chances of getting roles because those roles will be higher down the uh, year two years or three years mm-hmm. uh, so i think the trend is uh, changes like what jobs will available in the uh, like industries mm-hmm. uh, it changes little bit uh, day by day so mm-hmm. you can predict after 2 3 years what would be trend what kind of roles you can expect mm-hmm. and if you are doing that you can uh, go and if that interests you you can start preparing for that by itself mm-hmm. and uh, i would say focus on development as well because it's not as easy as it was 5 years back that you just understand ml ai 
and do not understand math and get into that role but now you should understand the math and you should have uh, development skills as well mm-hmm. uh, can you just uh, tell the advancements in terms of applications of ai like where would the ai be uh, in the market uh, 10 years down the line 10 years down the line so uh, right now if you see a lot of like both you have already discussed so if you see that most of the because of covid also most of the things you are doing online you are ordering online you are working online and i think it will not like completely disappear after covid also mm-hmm. the other thing is that the interaction nowadays mostly you do with uh, the help of voice bot and chatbot maybe those voice bot and chatbot are not that efficient because it's somewhere they are using a rule based algorithm so it's not very you know contextualized mm-hmm. but down the road you would see very fine models or fine you uh, fine bots you would also see a very good like uh, something that right now currently a lot of implementation is happening uh, using computer vision Mm-hmm. uh for your security for uh, a lot of security in different cities so you will see that uh, that will help to reduce the crime rate down the roads mm-hmm. so that is that those are some benefits that will definitely will be visible after 10 years mm-hmm. so we all have disc- uh, like we discussed all of the benefits of ai and uh, etc those things but uh, do you think uh, ai poses a risk like most of the hot topic or like uh, controversy about ai is the risk it possesses so according to a researcher uh, do you think there is a risk uh i i i think i would take this question like how do you implement that mm-hmm. right uh, there is a risk of any technology i know that uh, when people say that there is a risk involved mm-hmm. uh, they got little scared because they can leave, uh, lose their jobs because there would be bots available mm-hmm. but i i don't think that uh, you should see like those uh, scenarios there are uh, i think what implication that you are going to do what are the implementation that you will you want to have with ai that depends a lot because if i see ai in healthcare it will never be uh, something that will harm it will always be beneficial mm-hmm. uh maybe down the road and a lot of boards can reduce some of their jobs mm-hmm. but uh, again not like every conversation can be replaced just by voice bot uh, there would be manual interpretation that there as well but yeah if i talk about conversation ai i think there could be possibilities that if you are someone working in call center mm-hmm. chances that the job will be reduced on those areas after certain years after one two years in fact you would have start seeing this mm-hmm. but uh, it's not a risk i i would still say because you should be very cautious where you are applying that and uh, whether it's benefiting the society or not or uh, what is like uh, the implementation that this will happen where it will happen so mm-hmm. there are certain risk i would say but uh, again it will depend how the implementation will happen mm-hmm. like uh, just now uh, the news uh, from the the open ai came from regarding the gpt3 algorithm so most of the content right. writers like they got scared like it can write better than human so 
the content writer's job will be gone. So that created quite a controversy. So the last question would be uh, just to end the podcast. Like, uh, what are your go-to resources for learning? Like, uh, if you if you are interested in AI or if you need some help uh, learning AI, uh, can you list down some uh, important resources, books uh, for audience? Right. So I still like books, and but uh, so there are there is book by. Uh, Jeff, I think I have this book right in front of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a book, a deep learning book by Ian Goodfellow. There is a very good book uh, of reinforcement learning if you are interested. Mm-hmm. There are uh, sites uh, like if you are someone who is applying for job, let's say, or you, if you are looking for a change, then you can go and read LinkedIn uh, learning as well. Mm-hmm. Because these are like three, four hours of courses which also have hands on. So that will help you to accelerate the process. Then you have Coursera course that that one can take if they are not having basics mm-hmm. and uh, a very early stage of learning. They can take multiple. Uh, there are a couple of Coursera course, mm-hmm. but go with the like sequence. Do not jump mm-hmm. and read deep learning. First, you learn algebra, learn the mm-hmm. statistics. Then you learn machine learning, and then go to learn deep learning, and then try to start understanding the domain, and start working on that. Mm-hmm. So Coursera would be a very good platform to do that. And uh, let's say I'm someone who have done these courses, mm-hmm. and I want to apply it to understand how well I understood the concept. Mm-hmm. Go to Kaggle, solve mm-hmm. the challenges. Mm-hmm. Maybe challenges. Some challenges are like. Closed, but those are very good challenges. You can take those, you can complete those, and uh, that will give you some learning. You can compare your uh, methods with other methods, and uh, you can also take uh, some questions from Hacker Earth. There is a lot of data science challenges mm-hmm. that you can do. Uh, so these are some courses that is for AI ML that I consider a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you have some paid courses like upgrade will have some courses or but i i myself have never preferred taking a, a paid course mm-hmm. i mean the most uh, uh, i would say beneficial could be linkedin learning that mm-hmm. that costs very less and it's like uh, very good that gives you good exposure in a limited time mm-hmm. so these are some courses and i would say that keep on doing some course on, from lead code or mm-hmm. from geeks for geeks uh, so you can continue coding as well so that you can balance these things.